Hello, welcome to this conversation episode of the Everyday Faith Podcast. This conversation is with my dear friend, big sister in Christ and mentor, Teresa Hoffman. She is the founder of Holy Ground Life, a ministry focused on soaking in the presence of God, author of the Jesus Handbook, wife, mom, and a teacher at our church. The conversation in this episode is focused on the essentiality of being in the presence of God every day. Listen to Teresa share why and how being with our Creator and Redeemer has become her passion. I learned so much from her through this conversation, and I know that you will be blessed by it as well. I am so happy to be here today. I am so honored bring this to you because if you have been part of my community for any period of time, you know that I have a couple of women in my life who are dear and who are examples and that one of them is named Teresa, but she is here with me today to talk about a topic that is dear to both of our hearts and I am so happy. So, Teresa Hoffman, I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. Thank you. Oh, Tabitha. <laughs> Teresa loves to spend time in God's presence through his word, through getting quiet mm-hmm. in her spirit, to let him ask her those questions, to be honest within herself, to let the answer arise, because she's also learned that he is gentle and he does not condemn her for her answers. Mm-hmm. And then he takes her on these trails healing and of beauty and then she shares them with us and it is so life-giving and so what I really want to talk about today is that practice of being with him every day not only why it's so important but even some of just the practical of how and Teresa is a busy person she has a lot in her life And so it's not one of things of like, oh, well, she has no other things going on. She has plenty of time. No, no, no. We're talking motherhood. We're talking business. We're talking teaching and a ministry. You all know that everyday faith is based on John 15, 1 through 11, abide to thrive. It's easy to try to overcomplicate this or turn it into a religious action of checkmark did it. So that is what we are going to focus on today. Is there a scripture or 25? (laughs) Okay, one or two that really have been that reminder back into his presence? Well, it would be Acts 17, 28 first. And like you said, yeah, there are hundreds. But Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. When we accepted Jesus Christ, we actually died. Our old man died and we were born again. So many know that that term. I don't think there's probably anybody on this earth who has never heard that. But to be born again is to recognize that there has been death, that we, an old way has ended and a new way has begun. And for me, that scripture says, for in him we live. So now our living is in him. Mm-hmm. 
Passion Translation often uses the phrase, we're wrapped Mm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. We are the resting place of his love. There's that mystery of being intertwined. So you're not only in Christ, but Christ is in you. And there's this, this absence of separation. You know, this is now my Christian persona, and this is now my worldly persona. But now we are, we're actually born into a new existence in a way. Mm-hmm. So we live and move and have our being in him. And so for me, starting at that scripture is to remember that in everything I do, I'm surrounded by his presence. He never leaves me. He never leaves So it's never a matter of entering into his presence. In a sense, it's really just remembering his presence. It's just remembering. So in those moments where we're just so slippery, and I know that I, and I do that. I know there's moments in my life where it just gets slippery. You're just falling in the, in the, in the yucky of life. Um, Either it's emotionally or there's circumstances or, darkness and that sort of thing, it doesn't ever mean that you've stepped away from his presence because there is no stepping away. Mm-hmm. In him, we're moving. We're in him, surrounded by him. There's never a separation. I mean, Christianity isn't about entering into his presence. It's just being aware. Yes. Jehovah Shammah. Mm. The Lord is there. It's a done deal. You can walk into the darkest places in your life, the most sinful situations, and he's there. He never leaves you. So it's just an awareness of his presence. But then there are times where you literally get still. Your ears are open, your eyes are open, your heart is open, and you even open your mouth to his word, and you just sense his presence around Mm -hmm. in a deep and powerful way in the same kind of feeling that um, a baby in the womb feels. All sustenance is in his presence. You're perfectly protected. There's nothing. There's no lie of the enemy. There's no attack on your life that can touch you in that place. And you're so loved. There's just a, a wrapping around. It's, it's heaven on earth. It's, it's being in the presence of God on earth in the same way we're going to be in heaven. And it's that wonderful scripture, hey, find up mm, what yeah. isn't in heaven. Cast it out of your life yep. and loose what is in heaven on your life. Because that's where you, you, you live. Uh, there's a great scripture that says, days like heaven on earth. And that's just not like a, like a pretty little way of saying, right. you know, the sun is out and the flowers are blooming and all that. But really get that into your heart. We sit in the same seat, the same height as Jesus. The enemies that we have here on earth are under his feet already. Mm, Amen. And that's being in his presence, remembering that we're in his presence. And inside of his presence, always, for me, as I enter in, you enter in by the word often if you don't feel it. Because he's always there. But the word of God, surrounding yourself with the word of God, all of a sudden there is freedom, 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 freedom. The word of God spoken in that place of stillness brings freedom every single time, every time. Yes. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Second Corinthians three seventeen. 
Another scripture I wanted to tell you, Tabitha, was in Psalm 23. I would say I don't go a week without just confessing that in prayer, creating a prayer out of it. But Psalm 23 is it for me. Because it doesn't matter what situation I'm in in life, and life does throw us all sorts of curveballs constantly. There's bumps on the road, there's rocks that we have to crawl over, um, there's painful arrows that are unexpected. That's just life. Jesus said it. Yeah. In life, you know, you're going to have trials and tribulations, but enter into the joy. And for me, Psalm 23 is the joy of having him be the leader. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so often I come to a point in prayer where I'm just either crying, frustrated, extremely bitter, angry, and it's because I wanted something mm. badly. Respect, a situation to go my way. Expectation. Expectation shattered. And then all of a sudden everything feels like it falls apart. I say that lightly now, but when you're in it, it's bad. I shall not want, and oftentimes I've just stuck on to that. I shall not want. Mm -hmm. He's provided everything for me. And he's going to bring me into a wide open space, and that's his presence. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. It's always a wide open space. When you're feeling inside a corner, trapped, you've entered into the lies of this world, and truths, because that's where the devil wants to keep us, in, in a corner, trapped up stopped, frustrated, angry, in a corner, kind of like a kid, you know? But Jesus and his presence always brings us the good shepherd. He brings us into wide open space. And then he brings us beside still and restful waters. I love that because the sound of water is his, is his name sp spoken over us. Just wonderful, wonderful presence in this by water, living water. So much of what Jesus says yes. is water. Pour water over me, cleanse me, Lord. Pour water into me, refresh me, yeah. Lord. You know, take my thirst, Lord, away. And and I just, I go through all these in my prayer. And then he leads us on paths of righteousness for his namesake. 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 Oh my goodness. If you want to get into the presence of God, you just remember his names. Mm -hmm. His names always bring us into his presence. I was just studying this this week and God was not named. You were named mm -hmm. Tabitha. Your mother loved that name. It reminded her of something beautiful. I was named Teresa. It was my mother's middle name. I think she always wanted her name to be her first name to be Teresa. So she named me that. So often we name our children something that means strength or beauty or royalty or something that is Wonderful, and we want them to grow up into that. But God was never named. He was before all. Then he named himself for you, for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, that's true. And why did he name himself that way? Because he wanted to establish our relationship. It wasn't that he was naming as like, call me this. Right. I like this name. <laughs> that sounds good. All <laughs> way. That's a beautiful name. That's a strong name. That's a royal name. So you know, he was reaching out to us with his names to say, this is what I mean to you. This is what you mean to me. It was covenant. His name's way more important than most religious thinking would give light to. His name is his presence. His name draws. 
draws us into that center holy of holies when we speak his name because we're calling back out what he's called himself and it's creating a connection and a relationship that can't be broken jehovah shalom you are my peace lord you are the peace that passes all understanding there's no peace on this earth that compares to you Jehovah, you are the Lord, my righteousness, Lord. You came and shed your blood, and now I am cleansed completely of every sin because you called yourself the Lord, my righteousness. Hallelujah. That's Jesus Christ. He cleansed all of our sin, all of it. And he knew that when he called himself that name. He knew he was going to do that. There's so many names of God. That's one of the things for me, practicing his presence. If I don't feel it, I begin to speak his names out in prayer. Something that just came to mind as you were talking about him naming himself is that he is truth. And so when he was speaking what his names are to us, to call to us, mm-hmm. it was out of this incredible truth of who he is. I am. <laughs> Insert each name. Mm-hmm. Because he, there is no darkness within him. And so he wasn't even just making up, oh, I think I'm going to be this thing for him. It was, I am this thing for you and speaking it out for us as a promise mm-hmm. and a name to call on. Amen. And you know what Jesus said? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. So not only do we have a name, but we have God in the flesh, the personification of his name, Jesus. Yeshua is his name, his promise. Jesus even said, go to the Father with your request and prayer in my name. Yes. The name of the Lord is something you can study for years and years and years. It's not just um, a sweet cap to a prayer in Jesus' name. God sees his name in a deeper way. It's almost like that prayer, Lord, reveal to me why you had to shed your blood on the cross. I prayed that prayer 20 years ago. I didn't understand it. Why did you need to do that? You're God. Why did you have to sacrifice yourself on the cross? And he is still answering that question for me. Wow. It's such a big one. It's all about covenant It's all about promise. It's all about life in the blood and him exchanging our lives for his life. It's a deep, it's a deep question. And that's the thing about God is that every question that you have, ask him. He will answer it. He will make it clear. He'll answer it through a ministry. He'll answer it through a friend. He'll answer it in prayer time. He will always answer Just ask. He is not upset that you have a question. He wants to know your questions. Just believe he's going to answer you. He's a gentleman. He is. And I do love that. There was a subconscious fear of getting closer to God because he would ask me to give up things that were really, really important. But when I really started to understand through his word and through what he was saying in his word, that he was not there to do that, that he had created me in order to celebrate me because celebrating me celebrates him. So then I started to say, well, then maybe it's not so scary to spend this time with him and allow myself 
to be peeled back and allow myself to say, okay, spirit, you can deal with this because he would be gentle. He is a gentleman. And I learned fairly early on that if something feels shameful, condemning, chaotic, Mm -hmm. lonely, Mm -hmm. any of those things, it is not from God. But that if I could take that feeling and describe it with any of the fruit of the spirit, that's of God. I just, you know, I'm going through first Corinthians 13. We've all, yeah. we all know that one, right? Love chapter. A love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. Love bears no, what it, it pays no attention to a I literally wrong. have it open you have right it? here. <laughs> so, so I love that. Right. But often when we read that, we're like, Come on, be loving. Right. Don't be impatient. Oh, I love that you're saying this. You need to be patient because you're love. Be loving with your with your spouse. Come on. So many marriage gifts are that first Corinthians yeah. 13 plaque on the wall. Ugh. I mean, somebody gave it to me. It but feels like oppression. Sure. Yeah, you, this is the way you love. Pa- do it. Pay no attention to a suffer wrong. Don't do it. <laughs> like, you know, this is, come on, love perfectly. And this is how you do it. Yes. Guess what? God is love. So put his name in every one of those. God is patient. God is kind. Oh, it's so good. God bears all things in your life. He believes in you. God believes in you. He does not pay attention to a suffered wrong. What else is in there, Tabitha? So in verse five, love does not traffic in shame or disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. And in six, love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. So if I put God into that, God joyfully celebrates honesty Mm -hmm. and God finds no delight in what is wrong. So like this idea that he's up there like, did it again, screw up, wrong. wrong no he no is he chagrined is he like oh but wait no no, don't do that wait like sometimes i'll see my dog go down a bank and i'm like oh no she's gonna get hurt yes that i feel like is at least a little bit more accurate yeah oh but you're gonna get hurt when you choose that thing and i love you and you're my creation i don't want you to get hurt you're precious to me And that's why we spend time with him so that he can tell us the way to go. Mm -hmm. I was reading in the verse about you will not be tempted beyond what you can handle. And God gave me a new understanding about this. First Corinthians 10, 13 in this version, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. So as I was reading it, first things first, congratulations, you're a human. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second was, but God will be faithful. If you go through your Bible and you underline every time it, Jesus says, I will, or it says God will, that is a promise. Temptations are revelations of where we need to work on something. Okay, whoa. Don't you see that? You say it one more time, though. So temptations are really revelations of where our weaknesses are, what we need to work on. So, for example, if a super good-looking guy just walked into this room right now and said, Hey, baby, let's go to a hotel. I'd be like, (laughs) goodbye sweetheart and who are you weirdo it wouldn't be my temptation right now I'm just saying it just wouldn't be I mean but I have been tempted in areas to be offended Mm. by certain words that people speak that aren't even offensive but challenge my pride Mm -hmm. and it's such a subtle temptation Mm -hmm. like yeah hey why isn't everybody respecting you why isn't, you know what I, what, why aren't they listening to you on this? You know, a lot about whatever. I don't even know, you know, but I even went through this this week, you know, and it was just, it felt like these darts were hitting me. And I was like, wait a minute. I can't even locate the offense. I can't even locate the exact words. And why is this happening to me? Felt so far away from God in that, that brief moment of time where the temptation was there. And then I entered into the invitation to be offended. Yes, I got offended. And then of course, other offenses rolled as, as that door was open, more rolled in. But then in hindsight, once I came back to his presence, joy comes in the morning every time, every time. For me, joy always comes in the morning, a new perspective, a new way of looking at something. What was that? How did that come in? How was I tempted and then agreed? How did that happen? When that happened, then I saw, oh, I have a little, I have to, I have a few things I need to work on because if that was a weak area that was able to, ouch, yes, then it pointed to, hey, get your confidence up in that area. This is God. This is God's work in your life. It's not your work. Yeah. This is about Jesus. And in the end, it's always about Jesus. Yeah. At the end of my life, it's about Jesus. It's not about me. You know, I saw once in a vision where God gave me this wonderful gift of my ministry and I held it tight and I stood up after on my knees, he gave it to me and I start running hard with my gift. And I fall flat on my face. Ouch. And I realize that even the gifts he gives us, we slowly move forward, then we lay them back down. Mm. And then we get direction and we slowly move forward and we lay them back down. It's all him. And something that is so important within this conversation is that even the things that I do for him, even remembering his presence Mm -hmm. it is the posture of my heart amen amen and when i get the posture of my heart pointing in his direction (laughs) everything else gets in line amen and jesus said it he said right there as he was teaching in that sweet little home 
and Martha was working so hard to make sure that everybody was provided for and was making a home and she was making food and she was making everything welcoming for all of his friends and him and she got so tired she got so weary and so burdened by that act yes he says Martha Martha you're so busy you're so worried Mary sitting at my feet doing nothing and she was complaining about her sister not helping. She's chosen the better thing. And what did Mary choose? Always remember, what did Mary choose? She was just listening and focusing. And I don't, I don't believe that Mary sat the whole time. I believe there was a time for ministry for Mary. There was a time for working for Mary. Mm-hmm. There was a time for applying the good works. But she probably returned time and time again because he had emptied her of everything that was so evil that had influenced her, that she was hungry for more to pour into her. Yes. She knew what it was like to be filled with things that were bad. I believe it was Mary who was delivered of many, many demonic things inside of her. And she knew that she had to be filled. She had, she was a vessel. She had that revelation. I am a vessel. And I have to be filled because that running around over there is, is going to be dangerous for me because there's places in me that need to be filled. And if they're not filled with good, they're going to be filled with other things, which turn out to be mm. really bad for me. Yes. It wasn't that she was lazy or anything. It was that she had to be filled. And I think that really is our focus. Mm. Just having to be filled, put down the work and get filled Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for it is easy, my burden is light. Learn of me, for I am gentle and I am humble, and I will bring rest to your soul. I just love that scripture so much for ministry. The Lord showed me that that yoke is not a yoke of religion. It's not a yoke that you put on by yourself. It's not like a cloak. That's what I used to think it was, like a, a garment, a yoke that goes over your shoulders to do, you know, love God with all of your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. All the commandments, the yokes that are easy. When you love, it's easy, but it is a burden, you know. But then the Lord showed me, no, no. And he showed me two beautiful oxen, one extremely strong and another next to it. And they're yoked together with the same wonderful yoke attached. And the Lord said, I am the strong oxen that you're yoked to. And the thing we pull is our own life. He pulls our life with us and he takes the burden he takes that amazing strength he has and he does most of the work and all we need to do is yoke up with him yes and we don't thrash against the yoke we don't press to the right and left and slip all over of course we do that and when we do that he has to stop and wait until we're ready to just calm down focus that we're yoked up with the maker of all things Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come, we're yoked up with the great I am, and we let him lead and move forward in gentleness and humility, and we watch him, and we walk the way he walks, 
and we just let him be the one do most of the pulling where it's easy and it's light on our end. And we feel this rest in this forward movement because he's carrying all the yes. weight. That is the absence of religiosity because religion will say, put this yoke and pull your life right. And it gets tiring and exhausting and we come to the end of it. And if we're in that position where we come to the end of it, we're pulling it either in the wrong direction, we're yanking ourselves away from Jesus, or we're doing it on our own. Yes. And we've unhooked our yoke with him and tried to take it up on our own. Yep. I love that you have this image from this verse, because it's a verse that recently God spoke to me through. He said that his burden is light. What if it was light, not as the opposite of heavy, but light as in the opposite of dark? That my burden is his light. That's what I'm doing. I am a reflection of him. Wow. And so my work mm-hmm. is only to believe. This is the work of God. To believe in him whom he has sent. The only work. Isn't that gorgeous? John 6, 29. Oh, that's the best scripture ever. This, say it again. This is the work This is the work of, of God. God. To, believe to believe in the one. It is through our time with him that we learn how to walk with him quite literally in that yoke. It is through our time with him that he takes us through all of that refining so that the gold, when it's heated and has all the junk skimmed off the top, and then it becomes a mirror Mm -hmm. so that we become a mirror of his light. Right. And this is what, and something that's super important, you guys know, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up as, I accepted Jesus when I was like five. Mm. I've known Jesus my whole life. And I have wonderful Christian parents. But I think what I didn't understand is why, what is in it for me that I pursue Jesus every day? I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't get it. I don't see how this benefits me. And it's because I did not understand or believe in God's promises that touch my life today. In fact, I kind of thought that it was all a little too confusing, a little, well, sometimes it was this and sometimes it was that. And there was a deep distrust Mm -hmm. of what I had been taught by religion about my day-to-day life in relationship with God. And when I... It's a dangerous place. Oh, so dangerous. And when I got fed up... Truth is truth. Exactly. It is not two different things. It's not wishy-washy. And <sighs> if I could go back, I would be like, oh, honey, that's that's an indicator that you need to tune it all out and focus up on him. Because what I've realized in like the grown-up side of Tabitha, so, <laughs> I was listening to people's experiences in their life. Mm-hmm. I was not listening to the voice of my creator. I was reading the word of God through the lens of people who may or may not have actually known the truth rather than reading his word with the Holy Spirit. It created that dangerous place of what is truth. It leads to, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm just going to go with what feels right. I'm just going to go with what seems logical. I'm going to go with what protects me from my fears instead of not looking at this world, not looking at any of those evidences, but putting my eyes on Jesus and saying, what do you say about this? 
and opening up his word and letting him just pour it onto me. Teaching is wonderful and it is a gift. You don't actually need it if you are just sitting in the word with the Holy Spirit every day. He will, that is his job. (laughs) It's his literal job is to teach you all things, Mm -hmm. is to bring to your remembrance Mm -hmm. the things that Jesus has said, is Mm -hmm. to guide you into all truth and to declare to you the things that are to come. This is the job of the Holy Spirit. So for us, it is of absolute essential importance to be connecting with God in order for us to discern Mm -hmm. what is true Mm -hmm. and therefore how to make decisions in our life. This whole ministry, this whole thing is just coming out of me because God knows my story. He knows that there was confusion about what truth is. Yeah. And that there is so much rest and freedom in his truth. Amen. That verse we were talking about a little bit ago in 1 Corinthians 10, each test is an opportunity to trust him more. Yes. We have to get to know him more because he has provided a way of escape from each one that doesn't just get me out of it, but actually leads me to victory. Well, that's the thing too. You know, when we come to those places where it feels like the bottom's dropped out or there's a temptation or the heat of life, it is a time for us to get to the heart of the matter Mm. and ask the Lord, what, what doors open? What is it that, where's the sensitive part that I can strengthen up? So that it doesn't happen again. If you find yourself tempted week after week, but, oh, that's just the thing that tempts me. That's Mm -hmm. just, that's just my, that's just for my walk with the Lord. That's the one thing I get tempted with all the time. You need to go ahead and stop, get in prayer and find out the root of it. The root. We are to grow up into the Lord Jesus Christ in all things all of them. I mean, in marriage, isn't that the perfect thing? It's just my daughter reminded me, you and dad always fight over this one thing. I'm like, what? Really? First of all, ah, ouch. ouch. Dad can't get into your shoes and understand. And you always get mad that he can't understand. You're like, oh no, my 16 year old daughter. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. There shouldn't be something week after week, month after month, year after year that you're challenged with, it's time to grow up Mm. sweetly, grow up, right? Sweetly, gracefully with just immersed with the love of God. And where you're going to find that growing up is in God's word. You're going to find a scripture that will align your life. Mm. We'll get it, get it into an alignment and bring a strength. You'll find one. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you are as stoked on this episode as I am, I have great news. There is a part two of the conversation. You'll find it next in the podcast lineup. I would actually love to hear your thoughts and experiences regarding this conversation. So leave a comment here on the podcast or find me on Instagram at Everyday Faith Ministries or online at everydayfaithministries.com. Also, check out the show notes for all the scripture that we referenced and links on how to find Teresa. Thanks again for listening, friends. Thank you.